0: Proverbs chapter 18, if you would, please. Proverbs 18. Now, Just, just because you know how it is, we, uh, we finished this series called uh, lo- What You're Looking For Is Already Here, but we're raising it from the dead tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> what you're looking for is already here. Amen. Yes. So that means things are in a mystery. The Lord hides things in mysteries for us. Not from us. They're hidden from the world. But let's ask the question that everybody asked that nobody asked. What is the force, the power, the ability that steers your life? What is it that steers your life? Had a man tell me today, everything happens for a reason. (laughs) And in this case, what he was talking about did happen for a reason. It was he was in my life. I was in his life and, and all that. What is it that steers your life? Why does life go like it goes? And everybody's got an opinion about that. Uh, so we have to ask, and I'm, this is my question, if God's not in control of how life goes, what is in control of how life goes, if anything? One thing we'd have to say, it's not luck. We know scripturally it's not happenstance. It's not coincidence. It's not luck. It's not, it's not abstract. It's not uh, It's not uh, uh, a statistical thing that that uh, you never know what God's going to do. It's not that. Is it the control of other people in our life? Is that what steers it? So you had an overbearing mother, an absentee father. And you'd say, well, that's what steered my life. How many of you all know that could be true, but it shouldn't be true. It wouldn't have to be true. It wouldn't be everybody's testimony that had an overbearing mother or whatever. Um, Is it fate? Whatever that is, fate, which is some sort of predestination where life is designed out in advance and you can't you can't get out of it. You're you're you you can pull the eject button, but it doesn't work. And so is it uh, odds and statistics where so many people have cancer and so many people. Are rich and so many people and it's just however you fall like a pinball through a a pinball machine or is it wealth or poverty that steers us is it could we document that and say people that were born wealthy they had this kind of life every time and people that weren't never got rich well we'd have to throw Dr. Carson out wouldn't we that was raised by an illiterate mother and and uh, and became a premier pediatric brain surgeon and just one of the smartest men on earth. And his mother, they didn't even know until he was uh, in junior high that their mother couldn't read. So is that it? I'd say none to all of these, wouldn't y'all? And we could just go and go. But I, I, as I meditated this, I kind of stumbled into where I wanted to go. I wanted to go up to talk about risk tonight. And so I backed up and I said, well, what is it that causes our life to go the way it goes? And do y'all know there's reasons? There's things that affect it. And we would major on the majors and minor on the minors. We would have a more predictable life. The first thing would be the words you speak. Because Proverbs 1821, we know it. We should say it. 1821. Let's say it together. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I wrote it down in the TEV. The English version, I'm supposing. You will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. So number one, we'd say what steers your life and my life is the words that we speak. Um, Matthew 12 says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. then it goes on. uh, The Lord goes on. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. So it's not luck and it's not God's in control. It's my words are steering. And if I'll get my mouth in line, I can steer my life. The second thing that I figured out that uh, that steers our life is the seed we sow. The seed we sow. Uh, It's the seed you sow. tells you that what you're looking for is already here. We don't have to look for God. Uh, We don't have to say, God, I'll I'll be poor and I'll take a vow of poverty if you'll just bless me this or if you'll bring my son back. that's going to die. And I promise to none of that moves God. I said, none of that moves God. Prayers of sacrifice and deprivation do not move God. Desperation does not move God. So Galatians 6, 7 in the Phillips says, don't be under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows. You go. I don't know if I believe that or not. Well, just road test it. Just road test it. Just so nothing and see how your life goes. So that's a factor in how our life goes. In other words, we're steering. Are you steering this morning? This evening? We are. We are. The third thing that I came up with was um, a little less impactful, but it's. I called it the assignment on your life. What you're looking for is already here. The assignment on your life. Romans 11:29 29 says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, without change. Uh, the Amplified says for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. You go, what's that got to do with my life? He never withdraws them once when once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. So if you're called into the fivefold ministry or if you're called into mercy, uh, if you're called into missions and you don't want that, you don't align up, it'll affect your life. But if you are walking under some grace, a different grace, and we all are. Because Corinthians says he sets the members in the body severally as it has pleased him. So we are all walking under some mantle, some grace, some some uh, yoke. So it affects your life. If you run from it like Jonah did or whatever, it'll affect your life. It's hard. It's hard to get up with God if he says, I'm not changing my mind, no matter how much you plead with me. And then number four, which is really where I'm going tonight. uh, I'm going to say the risk you're willing to walk and live by. That's a factor in how you steer your life is risk. Risk is another word. It's how we spell faith. R-I-S-K. Faith is not really risk because when you're in faith, it's an absolute, isn't it? It's finished. It's done. It's, it's irrevocable. But in the sense of what people say, it's out of the norm and it's out of the predictable. Uh, faith is a little bit in. Let me just read these to you so I won't keep you late tonight. Matthew 810, the centurion said, Verily, I, excuse me, the Lord Jesus said to the centurion, verily, I say unto you, I have found. I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So there was great faith. And Jesus said, you had a boy, didn't he? He said, had a boy, give great faith. And it's going to change. It'll steer. It'll open up your life. We could talk about tithing and it opens the windows of heaven. Well, I want you to know the windows of heaven are already open to you and I. But when we tithe, we agree, we release our faith and, and uh, we get more. Uh, in Matthew fourteen thirteen, Peter, Peter had just done him a, a lap or two around the, the track on the water. And uh, it says, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and saith unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst, didst thou doubt? So it's, it was a setback for Peter. Now he, he got there. I mean, he got somewhere. We never know where we could have got. We go, I, I lived a pretty good life, you know. Sure. But you never know where you could have got if you'd have steered the whole way. If you'd have let God have it all the way. But we all have setbacks. We all take the wrong way around. In Matthew 15:28, remember the Syrophoenician woman? Boy, well, she's a good girl. It says, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So that steered her life, having a demonically oppressed daughter all your life versus having someone that's set free. And so she steered with her faith, didn't she? She's the one that said, well, even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And she steered that. And so you and I can steer our lives with faith or specifically the amount of risk we're willing to take. Now face in front of you every day we're breathing by faith we're we're like garland in that we're 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 protected by our faith that didn't just happen because of luck or happenstance that that truck that truck had a destination and hell was steering it and the angels obviously in my opinion say what you will the angels just stood there and just steered that thing around be it done unto you according to your faith that's what I think when I hear those things, and you could be more dramatic and because you hear about cars actually lifting up and going over people. And it's hard to get that to logistically and, and to, it's hard to diagram that truck like you could this one. So, uh, yay. So, um, Hebrews chapter 12, please. Just want to put a thought in your heart t- this evening and stir you up. My my job and your job is to uh, stir... Stir one another up with love to love and good works. So let's make this statement tonight. Let's just all come back to a starting point. Do, Do not pass go. Collect $200, that sort of thing. Would you agree with me that the faith life, the faith life is optional, but it's an investment. The faith life that you and I choose to live at whatever level and degree is an investment. And just like money that we could invest or time we could invest or whatever, faith is an investment. We're not required to to make any particular investment. And I like to say you can go as fast and as far as you want. You can get born again last Sunday and you can be giddy up and already burned through three Curry Blake videos and been to church six times. And be ahead of someone that just says, well, I kind of enjoyed the service. I might be back. You can just tell they're not willing to invest in faith. And it steers your life. It steers your life. It, it changes how things turn out. You don't always know how it could have gone or would have gone if you hadn't chosen chose to invest. But there's no doubt. We've looked at other people. We've even had low times in our, each one of our own lives that, called backslide where we just weren't interested and just got lazy and just got whatever and we noticed a life that <laughs> it hurt. Are y'all here this evening? Praise God, that's, that's mine. Hebrews chapter 12 verse two says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. But I want to look at there at the first of the verse, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Well, we know that when the, you got born again, when we each got saved, the whole faith of God was downloaded into you and me. We didn't get a little dab and he's, he's God's not through working on me. Sure he is. He downloaded everything. He downloaded all of his love, all of his grace, all of his favor. He downloaded his faith. Now, you might have a full tank of gas in your car, but if you don't turn the key and put it in D, you're going to be in the driveway until the weekend. And so same thing with faith. It's, it's in there, full tank of gas, the key's in the ignition, but you got to start it and you got to pull it in D and you got to steer and uh, go someplace wonderful. Uh, I looked it up in the Greek Looking unto Jesus, the author. That's a funny word, that word author. It really means chief or prince or captain. He's the captain of our faith. So you don't, you know, it's not a lot there, but the word finisher is different. Finisher is a word that means the consummator. It means the track or the structure or the framework to go from where you are To finish or develop and develop, finish your faith to get it where the potential is realized. In other words, it measures your capacity and says, we can do this. So he's the the author and the developer and finisher of our faith. So Jesus wants to develop our faith. Praise God. It's his faith, but it's been downloaded into us and now it's our faith. And. uh, the word is maturity. It's like uh, the word implies something that's uh, on a vine or a tree or something that goes through stages to maturity. That's how our faith is. He's the developer of our faith. Uh, So. Here's where I'm going with this. Knowing these things said that to say this. Whatever we do in faith is not just for that moment. It's not like, well, I did that. Now tomorrow I'll have to get up and do the same thing and believe the same way. There's a residue. There's a impact in our faith whenever we stretch, just like exercise. You know, you you, you walk the block or whatever you do. It's easier on the sixth day than it was on the first day. And so we, we get that. Uh, faith is the same thing, same way, it's a muscle. So every time we stretch or get out in faith about anything, we initiate, we start up, we uh, commence is a word. We commence. In other words, we didn't have to, but we decided to. Peter didn't have to get out of the boat. The Syrophoenician woman didn't have to say, I'm contending with you for my baby. The 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 centurion was going to be a centurion the next day. But his daughter, was it his daughter or is his servant? servant? The servant. His servant, he cared, and so he contended with his faith. He stretched out there. But when he got through and the Lord said, Not in all of Israel have I seen such faith. There was a there was a there was a reaction or a residue or a a, a compilation that was in him, that was stronger than when he first started out. The Lord said, "He's healed. Go home. He's he's got it." Can you turn with me to First Samuel? I want to show you this in the Old Testament. There's lots in the New as well, but it is First uh, Samuel. Just we'll pretend you're fanning yourself if you just keep thumbing and you don't know where First Samuel is. We'll just say, "Look at look at. They're hot. They're they're fanning. Hallelujah." It's not like Micah or Hosea or something. It's uh, it's kind of a big book. Chapter 17. Now, this is the uh, this is the David and Goliath chapter. And let's just look at how this faith works, because I want to inspire you. I want Holy Ghost to show you and me how this thing is not just to get you out of a hole, a faith hole, today like oh I'm believing God to have the rent money or oh I'm believing God for this boo boo to go away or whatever where we have an instant or a, a, a situation that we release our faith for it goes beyond that it doesn't just stop at that it goes on and once you and I testify we see that it worked you know you had a leg that was an inch shorter than the other leg and it made walking hard and someone just said come out in Jesus name and your leg just woof. Once you've seen that, once you've you saw it and they're walking around going, this is so cool. All of a sudden you want to go find somebody. Let's measure you sit in the chair. I want to see what you got. You know, so it has a residue that goes beyond. Uh, First Samuel, chapter 17. Let's look in verse thirty five. We're just going to grab a little part of that. And. uh, 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 Not thirty five. Where could we go? Let's go back up to uh, 32. How about that? David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, the Philistine. Thy servant, I, will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, King Saul said to shepherd David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. So there's the stage. There's the naysayer saying, this isn't happening. And David said unto Saul, and this is where we enter in about how we're going to live by faith, walk by faith and live by faith, is when something is there, something's there that's not saying, oh, the sky's falling and oh, this disease is going to kill you. And oh, the rent's not going to be paid. This was a passive situation. Are you all with me? Yes. It didn't demand something to be initiated. No one expected. Matter of fact, They were again it for David to go out like this is crazy, son. Please bring me a soldier. And David said unto Saul. Now, here it is. Thy servant kept his father's sheep. Here comes the testimony. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Okay, would you all agree the damage is done? The lamb. We suffered the loss. Daddy, I went out with 44 sheep. And 10 lambs, and I came back with 44 and 9 because one got it. But he didn't do that. And this is how we have to take this model. And I went out after him. Now, think about this for just a moment. Uh, I went out after him. It was just a lamb. And we don't want to discount the the price and the value of a lamb, but it was versus a man's life. It was quite a divide. But when you got faith, you don't see that. Y'all have ever seen the little dog? The little dog looked through the hole in the fence at the gargantuan dog on the other side and and the little punk doesn't even know he's a little punk. He's just over there yapping away. And the big dog's kind of (laughs) like, you know, because he doesn't know. Well, David didn't know. Thirty five. And I went out after him and smote him. And delivered it out of his mouth. Good job. So he saved the lamb. Is that right? He said and delivered him out of his mouth. Then it goes on in verse thirty five and said, and when he rose against me. Now we got a man's life in, in the sling. You got a lion You've rescued the lamb, but then there's a cost here, potentially. When he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. You know what slew means, don't you? (laughs) He whopped him upside the head, you know. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. Look, look. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath divided the the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, now here it is. is. This is the lesson here. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, you got my attention. Isn't that powerful? Now, the consequence here is, is, is that daddy was not going to be mad at him if a lion came up and and grabbed a lamb. We'll have a new flock next year. It'll all be good. It'll be fine. Nothing will change. But David had something else going on. And you and I have something else going on. There's nothing insignificant in our life. There's nothing that says, well, that's not worth it. Well, if you're going to win every time, then everything's worth it. Maybe you don't pick up pennies out of the parking lot anymore. I certainly don't. (laughs) It's got to be flapping. It's got to be paper. It's got to be green (laughs) before I reach down. Not really, but mostly. Hallelujah. So uh, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. So when you get in faith, you don't notice that it's a lamb. The consequence is your life. It was a lion and a bear. It didn't say he had a big, long knife or he had an AK or he he just said he grabbed him by the beard and smote him. So that was faith, wasn't it? And then because he had done that historically in his experience, he had done that. He could tell the king, this is no big deal. And when you get a testimony like this that we had this evening, it's like, Of course, this is how it turned out. Just want you to just want you to know this is what the devil tried. This is what was out there. It's 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 going on everywhere, everybody. But the Lord delivered us out of it all. Again, again, because you don't know. Barry and Melissa one time were going home and uh, the car that uh, left the eastbound traffic. Tell me if I don't tell it right and came across the median. And just slipped by their car and whacked the car behind them and tell me, well, that's a coincidence that you can't hardly argue with. It has nothing to do with that. But you can poo poo anything away or you can believe everything. So my 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 inspiration tonight is that we need to upgrade our faith life to not just turn it on. You know, systems engaged. Roger. Got the thruster thrusters on, Roger. Uh, flaps are up, Roger. We need to just say anything that comes by that I sense. I'm going to release my faith for, because I got this. It's like, well, it might not work. I got this, and that's where we're going. Sometimes we think we're excelling in an area because we don't know the potential. We don't know what how broad it was that we could have gone, and so we stop at a false finish line, thinking, "At a boy." You did good, boy. You did good. When in fact, we're not there. I had a man tell me one time, he said, uh, 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 it was in Birmingham, and he said, uh, we're doing pretty good. We got 2,000 members here. We're doing pretty good. I'd say this was pretty good. What he was saying was, this is real good. This is doggone good. But then I read about churches in America, for and we're not talking about numbers here, but they're called Significant churches. And a significant church, which is what they name them, is when they have 3% of the city, the metro population. So you got 10,000 people. So you have 3%. You have 300 in that population. So in that metric, 2,000 was nothing. I mean, it was, one, it was less than 1%. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying sometimes you give yourself attaboys when really there was a long ways to go for us to go. So we should, I think, we should all be encouraged inside by this story and others. There's all sorts of New Testament stuff that says, you know, I'm going to quit, just wait until it's just about to take me out before I respond in my faith. I'm going to just take hold of this and just use my faith. Somebody's just, you know, in a grocery store or whatever that that just is... Mm -hmm. Doing okay, but not doing perfect. I think I'll go fix that. I think I'll just go fix that. Like, well, I don't have time for that. What have we got time for? What, what, what is our time for? We, we don't need money. We don't get our, the truth is, family, we don't get our money from our paychecks anyway. That's just some of where our harvest comes through from our seed. It comes through our paycheck. But if they cut that off, if you're in faith about how it really comes all the time, when they cut that off, you're funded. You're funded. So I wrote down that I'm going to upgrade my faith life and I'm going to launch, stretch, begin and commence. Those are all words for initiate. I'm going to start looking for stuff better. I'm going to start looking for the lamb that's in the lion's mouth, and say, "Ah, oh, that's not that's nothing. That's not worth my time." Well, what are you are you waiting for Lazarus to 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 be toted by before you say that's that's good enough? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Live, and then it says, "Walk by faith, live by faith." I think it's something that we turn on. I mean, we don't mean to, but we just aren't challenged by it because we allow Holy Spirit to speak to us in terms that we allow. We we unless there's somebody like me or somebody that you've heard or a number of things that come in and just confront us and say, you're not quite up to speed. We don't always ourselves just say, I believe I'll go do more. I believe I'll go do something else. Now, this is interesting. I'll, be, I'll quit with this. I looked up the word. I got the scripture. So I looked it up. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Y'all know that's in there. Well, I looked it up and in the concordance, it's in Matthew three times. The Lord said it. He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. It's in uh, Mark three times and it's in Luke two times. So it seems like he... Spoke that a lot. So I looked it up in the Amplified and it says, let him be hearing and let him consider and comprehend. So we should be having ears to hear. Let us be hearing. I'm tuned in. Today, I I put my feet on the floor, got out of bed and put my feet on the floor. You know what they say about whoever it was, Smith Wigglesworth or John Lee. It says, the devil said, Oh no, he's up. You know, the, the horde of hell said, Oh no, he's up. Uh, the Passion Version says, Listen with your heart and you will understand. So we're going to pray in just a moment, just a, just a commitment here, just to say, I'm going to pay attention. Because we may be living by the flesh, the natural man, more than we even realize. In other words, we're not seeing because we're not looking. And I need, you need, we need to live by faith because there's something coming in all of our lives that we're going to need lion and bear faith to whoop that ugly giant. You know, if somebody goes down with sickness or someone's in a, a critical situation, you need to have already whooped something. Because you're the man, you're the woman that is there, sent there, and it'll be it'll be like, am I dressed? I, I feel a little naked here. Well, we need to get dressed up. So well, let's practice. Uh, Debbie used to practice on uh, hearing from Holy Spirit, just something she did. I always took note of it, but I was a little nervous about my ability to do it. But she would be a quarter mile from a... a Traffic light. And she would close her eyes just for a moment and say, what's it going to be when I get at whatever spot? And she would practice hearing from Holy Spirit him to tell her it's going to be red, it's going to be green. And she started training herself that. And I always took that lesson to heart that what are you doing that for? What do you? Well, I want to hear from heaven because there's going to be things that are more than traffic lights come up. It doesn't matter about the traffic light. Just stop or go. But I want to I want to see if I'm on the right track. And I I never forgot that. So we need to seize risk. Seize risk. Not wait for it to say I'm on you and you better do something. You better call somebody or you better look up your scriptures and start quoting them. We grow by seizing risk risk not by hearing the word is that right hearing the word should compel us to stay in the fight and how to do it Uh, I wrote this down did the lion and the bear look like danger versus killing a giant in other words when he killed the lion He didn't even know that he was saving a nation from being overrun by Philistines. It would take faith to connect those two, but absolutely, after he did the lion and then he did the bear, he was feeling pretty ody when he went up to King Saul and said, this is not. He didn't just say, well, send me in. Let's see what happens. He said, I will be back in just a few minutes. Y'all get everybody's sword out because we're fixing to run them down and cut their heads off. See, that's a different kind of thinking. And and this is an old covenant man. This is a man that sold out to to uh, who God is. And here we are. We are so full of the word and so full of dominion and so full of who we are in Christ and full of the armor of God and full of the word of God and the blood of Jesus and I mean, there's just nothing we don't know, at least in a, in a, in a sense of our head. Uh, so let's try to find somebody to help. Let's just start looking up and say, okay, today I'm going to look for somebody that I can, I can risk my faith. I can jump in with them and, and see what will happen. Or that we, uh, we would sow. One thing that we do is we sow into opportunity. Some, something comes up, uh, you've, you've met them, uh, and go into a, uh, a restaurant or something, and it'll be a homeless person over in the corner. Y'all know what they look like, they, they're, they're everywhere. And it's like, ah, he's probably an alcoholic, he's probably a drunk, he's probably doing drugs or whatever, I, I, who knows, who knows? But who cares? And just go over there with 10, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever, whatever's in your heart and risk faith. You'll never spend that twenty dollars. Once you release it and, and and they just get teary-eyed, I can tell you they they know what love looks like. But you risk that. We just would extend ourselves. Does anybody say you ought to? Are you behind somebody else that's doing it? No. It's totally in here. I'm gonna just risk being a blessing and using my faith. Ah. Uh, we're in a routine. All of us are in a routine. Would y'all agree with that? Life is pretty predictable, and it, uh, you know, and and every one of us, in a sense, we hate that. We hate the predictable, the routine. We want an unpredictable life. We we want to come home and say, "Honey, I cast out 13 devils, and one wouldn't go very good, and I had to wrestle him, but I got him out," and or whatever, you know. Amen. I just want to inspire you tonight. I'm inspired. What you need is already there. What we're looking for is already here. Amen. Amen. So let's do it. Now, if the Lord was coming this weekend and you don't know that he's not, we know he's not coming tomorrow because no man knows the day or the hour. So it's he's not coming until the way I figured he's not coming until at least Friday. (laughs) I mean, if 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 no one knows the day or the hour, but you could know two days out, I'm just messing with you. So we ought to giddy up. We ought to say, you know, I don't have many chances. Like like going to a sale. The sale is over this evening. We got to go today. Well, I can't go till tomorrow. We got to go today. The sale is over. Well, he's coming back soon. Amen. All right, y'all are a blessing. Praise.